What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buputo. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Hi, Caviar Dreamers. We're here. And, you know, Lexi's not in a great mood. Oh, I'm in a shitty mood. And I am in an okay mood. I'm in an okay mood, though Marge Singer and I were, you know, laughing last night, but fighting at the same time. It was very, very funny. I'm just going to say, you know, it's not childhood trauma. It's not a big deal. But you certain things stick in your head from your childhood mm-hmm. that your parents have said to you. And maybe this is why I think it's true, but it, I, it is true. When I was little, not that little, maybe like puberty age or 10, not, you know, 11, 12, 13. My mother would say, Margaret, when you smile like that, your nose looks big. <laughs> in the Polaroids. Because that's what we had then, the Polaroids. And, no uh, filter. you know, it's stuck in my head. So now when I smile, I feel like my tip drops. So I'm cluing you into something else to insult me about online. And I feel like we've been dealing with the aftermath of this. Lindsay's in the room also, and Lindsay can attest to this. We've been dealing with the aftermath of this comment for a really long time. But last night when it was addressed in the room, it was hilarious because Marge Senior, who does not curse, does not use any curse words. When she drops an F-bomb, you know it's real. Yes, Marge Senior went crazy that I even said that. She went berserk. Not taking responsibility like, I'm so sorry I ever said that to you. That wasn't right. She goes, what did she say? Jesus, Margaret, I said one fucking thing. And you hold on to it forever. Yeah, she was not. Yeah, exactly. She's like, you're not holding on to all the thousands of compliments I gave you. And I was like, you know, Marge Senior. You did give me a lot of compliments, but, you know, they were wrapped in like insult sandwiches sometimes, you know, <laughs> or no, the compliments were compliment sandwiches with little insults in between the insult dressing. Insult. Yeah. A little side of insult. The insult was like the pickle. I mean, but it's OK. I mean, I understand, you know, at the time she probably didn't realize, but whatever it was, that one thing that is the one thing that stuck out to me. It was very, very funny. No, the other thing was I, we were away. I could actually say this. I never said to her. She said, your arms aren't that toned. When we went away once when um, with my girlfriend, Judy Bezzario, if she ever listens to this, who's the most gorgeous thing, her arms were naturally toned. And she goes, look how toned Judy's arms are. I was like, my mother, who had, by the way, I'm just going to add this in at the time. There's no slim, you know, slim herself. <laughs> said to me. Was she in the um, 
cat photograph stage? No, she wasn't in the cat photograph stage. And I'm never going to reveal those photos. But I have some photos that could really bury her, Marge. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I love Marge Singer and she's adorable. But, you know, her and, you know, I didn't work out with weights at the time. I think I was like 19. And I, I was a thin girl. You know, I had a chubby little face. But I was like a thin girl. I, maybe I was like what I weigh now, which is everyone saying I look like a bobblehead with teeth. Um, you can't win. You can't win. Marge Singer was like, you know, your arms aren't that toned. I was like, Mom. Uh, And that stuck out with me. Now, to be honest, I was like, oh, Jesus. You know, it's funny. She was a woman, you know, but I think it was of that era of women, mother, daughters, that, you know, you wanted your daughter to look a certain way and be thin and beautiful. And and there was a lot lot of societal pressure, but it was put in my head, you know, and I am about body positivity. I think, you know, I looked great when I was voluptuous sex kit and I looked good with the first time I got met, you know, at all different stages, but there's times, you know, I didn't feel great about myself, but it's, it is very funny how those things stick with you. I mean, Does anything way, stick with you, Lexi, that your mother had well, said Well, there you? were so many. I think like she had a lot to work with. She said when I was born, like I was born on Christmas day and all the babies were lined up on the front of the newspaper. So from my first day of birth, I was on the cover of the newspaper and I was 10 times longer than everyone else. I was like a piece of spaghetti. And my mom has referenced how I looked like E.T., how I was red and blotchy and like misshapen many times through life. And that's no shade to Ingrid. She just has mentioned it. But then at one stage of my life, one of my eyes was crossed. So I had to have a surgery because I was cross-eyed. My ears, I never quite grew into. So someone else later on used to call me Feifel Mouskowitz. And as if it wasn't bad enough that one of my eyes was crossed, I had to have a surgery to correct it, which meant I needed an eye patch. For so school. you were like a little baby pirate. So I was a pirate for a short while, which, you know, thinking on my later fashion passions, like, you know, Vivian Westwood and that whole post-punk kind of like new romantic era, the sleeve I'm wearing today and an eye patch would have really gone into that. But, Yeah. And I had a really big nose. So that had to be fixed. I don't know why no one let me fix it sooner. I always had arms and legs that were too big for my body. No, your your legs are beautiful. You have the best legs ever. Fat and heavy and my boobs are always way too big. So there's many things. So I. But did she say those things to you? Your boobs are too big? Well, I mean, it was like, oh, God, here we go. Another bra. I don't know where we're going to find you one of those in that size. You know, like, Nothing meant with malintent, but I think all of us are so self-conscious that we're just so hard on ourselves. Yes, I agree. You know, you want your parents to be your best. So maybe like, you know, everybody with their kids, we got to we got to be hypersensitive. Now, obviously, I didn't learn my lesson because I've said things to my kids. I try and be very uplifting and I always say things. But, you know, I've said to my kids, maybe get some veneers, (laughs) you know, on your teeth. Yeah. You know. And my son's girlfriend will say, I love his teeth the way they are. They look great. I was like, you know, maybe they're a little too small. Maybe you should get some veneers because I love the chiclets. You, you like them. Your, your girlfriend likes them. They're great. I was just like, maybe I shouldn't say those things. It's the Ally McBeal syndrome too. Remember where like one person got really skinny and then they all got really skinny because this is the thing. Like before you go into the public eye, you're surrounded by people, you know, that's main function in life is not to necessarily be judged for their appearance. So when you get into the public eye and, you know, the people that you're surrounded by have made enhancements to their appearance, then it puts you on an uneven playing field, which I feel very 
strongly all the fucking time. Like everyone has veneers. Everyone has fake boobs. Yes, everyone I do not have this. fake boobs. Just everyone still putting it out that. there. I, I had a reduction and a lift and people still bitch about my boobs. Yes. But so it does like uneven the playing field. But with Nino, I'm trying to focus. I mean, he's a boy, so hopefully he doesn't want boob implants because that'd be super weird. But I... Or not. Or, well, <laughs> I mean, what if he, now who cares? Everyone can yes, do whatever the hell they want. they want. But my point is I want to focus on body function. Like, do your legs work? Can they run yes, fast? I think like, that's what we have to focus on. I think we've, we've gone a little too far. I mean, but this obviously what I was trying to say is this this was going on for years. Oh, yeah. It was just you didn't necessarily have a public forum to support it. I mean, like, obviously, my wonky eye was really obvious. So like all the little eight year olds were like, you looking at me? And I'm like, <laughs> you looking at me? So, you know, there was a somewhat public forum, but I didn't have to see people comment on Facebook. Whoa, that kid is really cross-eyed or ooh, better get that fixed. Do you know what I mean? So now it's just a different thing. Now, I just want to put this out there. I also find things attractive in people. I don't like this homogenous look. I don't no. want everyone looking alike. What I find attractive is like different features on different people. Watching a new show, Queen of Jerusalem. It's not that new. It's pretty recent. The Beauty Queen of Jerusalem. It's actually two seasons. And I find everybody very attractive. There's this one actor, I want to point him out, Michael Aloni, whatever. He has a prominent nose. I find him exceptionally good looking. I love a prominent nose on men. I like a big nose. I will, will be politically correct and call it a prominent nose, but very, very handsome. He was also in Stiesel. And his first wife in this show also has a prominent nose. I think she's absolutely stunning. Joe does not like a prominent nose. Wow. He's anti-nose. I don't know if he's anti-nose. I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, well, thank God he met me post-surgery. Yeah. I could have been out of the family before I even but got in. I, you know, I find different physical features. People, you know, have to lean in unless it's totally horrible and you're miserable with it. Like, you know, it's different. I got a facelift. I was aging. I was trying to, my skin was hanging. It was, yeah. a, it was a different thing. But I'm just saying certain physical features, you know, are, are what separates you from everybody else. Not everybody has to look alike. So I yeah. like, you know, certain things on people. So when I say like my mother says my nose dipped in the picture, I'm never fixing my nose, people. I, I'm no. putting it out right here. Now, if I do fix my nose, call me out on it. But <laughs> I am not going to fix my nose because it's not a big nose. In certain pictures, it could look big, but who gives a shit? In pictures, who you know. Well, I always think you have to hedge your bets also. Like it could be worse, you know. It could be, you know, it's like you could you, you could take it away and not get it, be able to put it back. Yes. One time I just want to say I went to a doctor. I think oh. I said this on a different podcast and he showed me what I would look like. I just said I want the tip fixed. And he showed me what my nose looked like. I look like a bad nose job from the Upper East Side from 1970. I mean, I was like, that like looked nothing like me when he showed me my profile. I was like, what? I just wanted so my tip doesn't drop when I smile. I was like, no way. My family would go berserk. I would not look like myself. I was like, I'm not doing it. I mean, in truth, you look like a relative of Latoya Jackson. Like, yes. I yes. I look so like a relative bad. of Latoya Jackson. Like my nose was completely gone. The Jackson family would have to adopt me in. Yes. Which is not, you know, not, not the, the worst thing because they have deep pockets and maybe I could, you know, bring them all together. Yeah, you could. You could I love healing, I love heal some, the world. I could make a little place. healing situation because I'm, I'm very good at the healing. 
you are, you are. So, so today, obviously, I came in on not the best mood because I'm f- very disappointed by someone very close to me. And it's really we funny. We won't mention, well, we could mention who it is. Oh, I think it's obvious. I am trying it's to- It's not me. Not, not the much. I'm trying to be super cognizant with like my emotions because I've realized- like a big personality and Ashley who produces our podcast is the sweetest girl and she's amazing and she's so talented and so cool and so fabulous and obviously cares a lot and is very caring and the day that we did an episode where I was not feeling happy and I came in in a bad mood and I really felt like I didn't know what made me happy anymore it really impacted her she said to me I hope you find you happy and I hope that today you know like you're able to take some time for yourself and self-care and it is what we say and what we do really does impact people and this is everyone not just if you have a podcast or a platform or you know what you say to other people does impact them so be very cognizant so even though I've had a huge disappointment and I'm going to ask you how you move along very quickly from disappointments I'm not going to hop on it today because there's a million other people that probably are getting through their own disappointment. So I'm going to focus on being solution oriented and not focus on the problem because after we did the happiness episode, we did a second episode, which was amazing. It restored my faith in humanity. We met the beautiful Susan Peterson. Then we had a great girls lunch after and happiness was temporarily restored. So disappointed today in a very bad way. Called you crying this morning. Yes. Which How is very do you upsetting. get over disappointment quickly? Like what should, what's your top tips? Because I am shit out of luck. My top tips are I immediately go to what are we going to do to fix it in the moment? I can't think of the long-term solution, but I'm just like, we've got to get through the day with the disappointment. How are we going to fix it? So I think of the immediate fixes. I was like, how am I going to help Lexi? What am I going to do to make her feel better? So it's not the end of the world. Yeah. So I just want to say, I mean, we could kind of say what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a childcare situation. It was to do with the future ex-spouse. Yes. yes. <laughs> and he was doing a disappointing move. So I was like, listen, no problem. We all know Joe's going to run and get Nino. Yeah. You know, we're very blessed that we can afford someone to yeah. watch Nino because we have things to do. It's just you don't want your child to feel disappointed. But you know what? Nino doesn't realize that his dad's not working or whatever it is. Yes. So we're going to lie. And that's, the di- and that's the disappointing thing. But that's really what it is. So we're going to fix it temporarily for today and then worry about the bigger picture later in the day once we get through everything we have to do. And I think that's what I do. How are we going to fix it now to hold us over? Yes. To, yes. That's how I work with my disappointment. I think that's important. I think that's what it is. I think when you're feeling disappointed, I mean, people are going to disappoint you. Life is a series, I hate to tell everybody, of disappointments. Yeah, Happiness, highs, and disappointments. And you people, need the lows yes. to experience the highs and you need to weed out the good people by being cognizant of the ones that let you down and disappoint you and don't do the right thing so you can build like a solid network. But I think the frustration of like not being able to fully weed people out. Is... Well, the problem is you're never, you can never uh, weed out the parents of your children, the parent of your children. No, that's a shame. You have to just manage the expectations. We have to know he's always going to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to work around it. Yeah. And yeah. put other things in so that you can never do it again. And then I'm going to play this episode to Nino when he's 21 and yes, say, exactly. I fucking told you shit. <laughs> no, I mean, thank God he doesn't no, listen. No, I would never do that. Thank God he's four and he doesn't listen. And if his mom's friends listen and tell him th- what I said, I think you already know. Exactly. So 
don't fuck with me before a podcast episode. Note to the self, wor- check yeah, my the schedule. Worst thing, this is what I was going to say when I wrote my book. I changed all the names to protect the guilty. And I had some people who were very upset because they knew who they were in the book. And then they called people around my neighborhood saying, you knew she was going to write about me and all this stuff. And they're like, we didn't know. We don't manage Margaret. This shows you should be a good person to everybody in your life. Don't fuck people over because certain people could get famous and write a book about you. Yeah. And then you go in on blast. Yeah, exactly. And even though I changed the names, they didn't know I was going to, you know, get on a TV show. They didn't know I was going to write a book. They always thought they were better than me, that they had more money than me and everything else. But guess what? They were very upset when I wrote about the book in them. So that those things that happen. So everybody's got to be, you know, on alert, just be an authentic person and do the right thing. Live your life like you're going to get blasted into Yeah, just that's what I say. Because now, look, we're talking about someone on our podcast. They're not going to like to hear it. I wrote about people in my book. We ripped Marge Senior for ripping you. We ripped Marge Senior for ripping me when I was a child. She didn't know her daughter was going to get, you know, grow up to be a public figure. Marge Marge Senior will be on another podcast, though, to defend herself. So. (laughs) You know, she could publicly defend herself. It's not a big deal. Her and I have our banter. The future, you know, Mr. Bob, you know, not so much. He does, He's had his time. You know, so by the way, we're just, you know, we're just making all these like little jokes and everything else. But it, that's that's what happens. People put me on blast. I mean, come on. People come out of the woodwork to put me on blast and make up shit. At least I don't make up stuff. Exactly. And I think the thing we always do is handle things with humor. Like we always mm-hmm. laugh because you have to. Or else yes. Cry. And that's another way to handle disappointment. You have to handle it with humor. You have to find things in humor. On the flip side of disappointment, I also just want to say I was at the carpet store the other day. A G Freed. I'm going to call them out. I didn't order my carpet yet, but I want to get wall to wall carpet. Mm. You know, carpets make it a comeback, people. The bedrooms, the upstairs hallways, carpet, very big comeback. You know who I think is going to be going on blast soon? Who? Bella Benigno. Because the dog is going to love wall-to-wall carpet. No, Bella Benigno's never left alone upstairs on the wall-to-wall. She goes right onto the bed. There will be no peeing and shitting on my carpet. I don't know. That's too much temptation for the tinkle time, if you ask me. I know. It is. It is temptation. I don't know. But Roy, uh, Lindsay and I had gone to the carpet store. And Roy, who had sold me my carpets years ago. In my head, I'm picturing Siegfried and Roy. Yes, yes, yes. So he has like big, thick mullet He was was lovely. Doesn't know who I am. Couldn't remember me. We used to work with Marco Guacaran, my old interior designer. And I said, oh, I used to work with Marco. I had a hard time explaining what I wanted in carpet. Okay. Because I wanted a low pile with like a velvety feel under your feet, like a velvety touch, maybe with like a little sheen. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. What what fabrics was he suggesting? Like, is that like a silk carpet? No, it, it's not that, but a velvety fabric. So it looks very rich and lush, but a very low pile with a texture, some kind of a texture, but this tonal, the wow. same color. It's a lot of information for Roy. It's, it's a lot of information Thank for Roy. God he was, this is but a he got it. Thank God he's a specialist. But, you know, Roy didn't know that I was on reality TV. Then, you know, I told him by the end of it, he thought I was actually a therapist the way I was acting. I must have had very calm energy, which I couldn't believe. And then he realized that he'd worked with Roy is surrounded by only maniacs. Yes. And then he realized from before and, you know, a specific. But he asked me, how do you deal with all the, you know, people who are negative and this and that? And then he said, but you know what? Most of the people are good in the world. We don't we don't always hear from them, but most of the people are good. You know, you hear from the bad. They're loud. 
Yes. And all of that. And and we hear about all the negative things, but we, we don't hear about all the good. So like Roy was so good. I want to call yeah. out. I just dealt with a new real estate attorney, the most handsome real estate attorney in the world. I'm just going to say Justin DeCrescente. I got to say this guy, such a good person, helped me just with the real estate transaction. Didn't even want to charge me. I'm insisting he gets it. Yeah. Class act. Did everything right. There are good people in the world. I, I mean, good and lawyer in the same sentence. Shocking. Amazing. Yeah. The best. You know, it's it's actually funny. And I don't think we call out like the little good things that people do all the time. And there are so many good things. So when Roy said that to me and Lindsay the other day, you know, it made me feel good because he was like, you know what? There are so many good people. You know, there yes. are really great people. We are surrounded by them. But we do call out the shitheads, but we should call out all the good people. We should. Well, that's why I always follow those um, like Instagram accounts like Upworthy. Because mm-hmm. I like to, you know, see the feel good things. Every yeah, day. I want to feel good. I like I like the Upworthies. We had a feel good moment this past weekend at the swim club. Oh, yeah. I was like, we did. I'm, I'm in a dread of disappointment right now. I'm in a haze now. I'm going to call this out. Tenekill Swim Club. It's like going to the Flamingo Kid. It's 1970s. Yeah. Never been updated. It happens to be next to the dump. Yeah, <laughs> but it it's is okay. next to the DPW, but it's okay. It's okay. Lexi has become the queen of the swim club. I love the swim club. I frequent the swim club often. She knows everybody. I do. I see I have a big mouth. And I also like return kids toys if they lose them. Or, you know, if someone forgets the ice cream money, I'll buy the kid an ice cream. You know, I go chat with people. I like that kind of old school social life. They have a little snack bar. It's not a country club. It's a swim club. It's not expensive. Yeah. Don't, let's not get this twisted. It is not a country club. <laughs> it's not a country club. It's just a pool. It's not that it's like it's it's the town pool, but it's not the town pool because it's not free. You know, you have to pay to belong. You can bring guests. They have a, they have a snack bar with a very tiny window. Very tiny. The pictures of Nino trying to reach the window. And then he gets to the window and he goes, what do you have? Hello. <laughs> I know. And I just want to say this. I used to go there with Jan when my kids were little because my old house with Jan did not have a pool. And, you know, he was like, Margaret, we belong to the swim club. You know, when I went and moved in with him at the young age of 24. Now, 24, I, I didn't love the swim club as much as I got older and I had my son and, my, and you know, we had the other kids. And I was like, I'm going to a pool next to a dump. Uh, you know, yeah, and laying I mean, on the you say but, it like that. But I grew to love the swim club. It was like vintage. I've gone back there now at the age of 56. How many years? Like, the same people are going. Yes. We have the Norma Wellingtons. Yep. Carol right? Silverman Kurtz, now the president, going there since she was maybe five years old. Yes. My son knows her. My son who's 27 is like, is Carol still there? Yeah. I mean, Norma, gorgeous. She was beautiful then. Her and her husband used to sit out there like they were the human sundials. He would oil his hairy chest, <laughs> I remember. And now, you know, he's not well anymore. But, I know. but Norma still goes to the swim club, wears her bathing cap, full glam, in perfect shape, oh, she's swimming perfect every shape. day. In the 80s. You know, some things don't change, and that feels good. I don't care that the chairs are from 1970. That's a feel-good moment. I walked in there. Lindsay was like, this is America. She felt like a million bucks going in. <laughs> well, also, the funny thing is, I think that's what's wrong with the world is that we also did all get our own pools now. So you don't take your kids to socialize with everyone from all different backgrounds, diversities, walks of life. So you are isolated in your own backyard, hanging out with only the people that, you know, 
you choose to hang out with. So when you are in like a swim club situation, let's say you'll go sit on someone else's lounge or while your kids are playing and you'll learn about someone and you'll learn about someone else's life, their perspective, what makes them different. You know, some of them you may like, some of them you may not like, but you know you have to coexist in this habitat of the swim club to get the benefits of being a member, you know, which are not having to deal with your own kids all day saying, mommy, 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 because they find the friends. So, you know, there's an understanding that you have to make things work in those kind of club environments. And the same can be said for life, but we just have segregated ourselves into our own pools, our own families, you know, have isolated ourselves. So we're not forced into those situations as much as we were. Yeah. In a swim club, you don't have to make a play day for your kid because all the kids are there. Yeah. I loved every second. This was a feel good moment for me. It was like a come home. Oh, it's great. It's so great. I mean, I love the swim club. I literally love it. And Nino's best friend is eight years old. He's four. And they met last summer and they, woo, did they fall in love? She is the most gorgeous girl you've ever seen in your life. And he just made a beeline for her. And despite the age difference, they are best of friends. And there's like such a bond with them. It's so cute. It's like so heartwarming. And thankfully, I adore the parents. I know. That's so good. And I love the music they played. They played great music. And the pool's not heated. I mean, kids are probably peeing in it, but it's... Definitely peeing in it. Yeah, but it's not heated, but it felt great because it was super hot out. I just loved everything about it. I'm so glad that you enjoyed that. Oh, my God. I felt like it was such a vintage feel-good day. So I'm just saying, I want everyone to also... You know, relish the the things in life that brought you joy when you were like a little kid or that reminded you of when you were younger, because there is something about that. I enjoy what brings me joy is like nostalgic things. I listen to 70s music. I mean, people I love yacht rock. There's and it's not living in the past. It's just like those are happy memories. And I think when you're feeling down, do something that triggers happy memories. And I do. I do a lot of that. I immediately turn on my yacht rock because it reminds me of the 70s when life was easy. And, you know, it's funny. I like to drive with the top down in my car. When we went to the swim club, it brought me so much joy. You know, things that trigger happy memories. I think that's what you have to do also when you feel disappointed. I agree. And that's what, like I was saying before, do something happy when you feel disappointed. And we're recording someone great next also, which I'm super excited about a music icon, a legend of rock. And that is going to make me feel happy because, you know, growing up, I didn't think I'd be interviewing like Dee Snyder, icon of rock. We're I know. Not I'm so it. excited. I mean, that was the music I listened to in high school. That was my 80s, like heavy metal band. Big deal. So great. I love everything about him. So same thing with me. I didn't think I'd be interviewing Dee Snyder. So I'm super excited. But yeah. I mean, we're pretty lucky. We're lucky broads. Even we're lucky. We have ba- Everybody, you have to find your happiness. And when you don't have happiness, trigger some happy memories. That's 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 our advice for today. Yes. Or eat a cake. Or get yourself to a pound cake. Yeah. <laughs> eat that's, a cake. Exactly. Well, caviar dreamers, I hope you enjoyed this. This was like a just a little insight to what's been going on with us. A little therapeutic um and family well, bashing session. Family bashing session. Bash your family. When you, yeah, <laughs> if you, you have feel to like bash someone, bash your family. You could bash your family. Do you know why? Because they always have to take you back. They can't escape. <laughs> they can't escape. They love you. They have to take you back. Not a big deal. They can't avoid you on Thanksgiving. So it's okay. We love you, Kevin. We Dreamers. love you, Kevin. Thanks, Thanks for always for supporting us and listening to me whine for yet another episode. Yes. Love you guys.
Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers.